the man your mom wanted you to marry. It's time to be in your soft girl era. Be the kind of woman who makes other women want to step their game up. Sometimes you gotta be a beauty and a beast. A high value woman knows how to step into her femininity. Wow, what a confusing time to be a woman. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Big Lush Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. If you've been listening for a while, you already know, I've gone through phases where I was dating a lot. Like, a lot. And all over the place. Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Seattle, you name it. But I wasn't having any luck. Of course, my friends would say things like, Oh my God, how are you still single? You're successful and driven and you have your own place. Of course, we all just chalked it up to there being something wrong with the men. Maybe it was a supply chain issue. Maybe they're just stupid and don't know a good thing when they see it. But recently, I came across a series of posts online discussing stepping into your femininity and a light bulb went off. Was I having terrible luck with men because I'm acting and living like a man? (laughs) Today, I'm going to tell you a little story about what can happen after you've been raised to, quote, never need a man. How it's affected my dating life and the one thing I think that's missing in the conversation. If you identify as a little miss independent and have been having terrible luck dating and really not sure why, then stick around because you might be making the same mistakes that I was making. Now that I know what's up, I'm actually embarrassed at some of the things that I've done. What I'm about to say might really open your eyes. I know ever since learning this, I've completely reevaluated my entire approach to how I would interact with men moving forward. So boss lady, step away from your vision board. Your side hustle can wait a second. Today, we're talking about the trick part of dating as a bold, strong, independent woman. Let's go. Welcome to Big Lush Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. A few weeks back, I put up a post mentioning how I was always on my grind and someone sent me a DM saying, Hey, I've been watching your stories for a while now and it seems like you're always promoting hard work. I wish sometimes you'd do more to promote rest and relaxation because that's a much healthier way of life and it's toxic for us women to always think that if we aren't working hard, then we have no value. I read it over a few times and my knee-jerk response was to think, oh shit, am I really promoting an unhealthy lifestyle? I gave it some more thought and decided, actually, I'm not promoting any lifestyle. I'm just explaining what's happening in my life. You don't think I'd love to be resting more? I'm working hard because I have no other choice. I'm the only one taking care of me. Her comment had me deep in thought. I started questioning where my work ethic came from and why it's so important to me. Then I started to think about all the ways it's affected my love life. And before I knew it, I was going down a rabbit hole and figured, yeah, this needs to be a podcast episode. Right now, the hot topic in social media is that a woman needs to be in her feminine. Have you seen all these posts? There's so many video interviews, mostly with men, saying that the reason us women have a hard time finding love is that we aren't in our feminine. I was curious as to what the hell this meant because it sounded like some 1950s bullshit to me. I did a little research and as a summary, basically, we all have both feminine and masculine energy. When we talk about the energies, it's not related at all to gender. It's more like the polarities on a battery, you know, the plus and minus, or on a magnet. 
I guess it's kind of more of a way of classifying different energies and things in our universe. So for example, a masculine energy is doing, where feminine energy is being. Masculine would be producing, and feminine is receiving. Masculine is active, where feminine is passive. Masculine is thinking, and feminine is feeling. Masculine is logical. Feminine is emotional, of course. Masculine would be the sun, and feminine the moon. Masculine is task-oriented. Feminine is relationship-oriented. Masculine is forcing and consuming and fight or flight. And feminine is allowing, creating, tend and befriend. Masculine is heating and competition. Feminine is cooling and cooperation. Finally, masculine is talking and intellect. And feminine is listening and intuition. Can you see the difference? We all harness all of these concepts, but each are on a sliding scale. And the ideal would be to have a healthy balance of both with those of us who identify as women leaning into our feminine or being in our feminine. Well, once I had a bit of an understanding of what stepping into your feminine looked like, I asked myself, am I in my feminine? That's when I found a list of ways to tell when your feminine energy is blocked. And I figured you might be curious about yours too. So here's what it said. 20 signs you have blocked feminine energy. Number one, never saying sorry. Number two, being aggressive towards people for no reason. Number three, seeing femininity as a weakness. I'm definitely guilty of that one. Never asking for help and disregarding it when offered. That's a thousand percent me. Getting stuck in the past or focusing too much on the future. I'm for sure always focusing too much on the future. Neglecting your self-care guilty of that one. Attracting feminine partners. Now, this is something that has been happening to me for a long time. And I always just thought it was funny, but I never really attributed it to possibly because I'm not in my feminine. Anyways, being overly confrontational. I can't say that's me, but I can see how that would be a thing. Trying to control everything. Guilty. Feeling resistance towards womanhood or motherhood. Yes, that's me too. Hanging on to resentments or not letting go. Not being able to relax and rest. Guilty again. Number 13, judging people. Can't say that's me, thankfully. Number 14, nitpicking. Number 15, restraining all the emotions and having them build up. Definitely guilty of that one. Number 16, struggling with slowing down and connecting to your sensuality. Yes, I've for sure gotten caught up in that sometimes. Number 17, comparing yourself to men. Yes, this is absolutely me. Number 18, self-sabotaging. Number 19, not caring about your beauty. And number 20, pushing yourself too hard. Now, if you know me (laughs) at all, I'm sure any of my friends would listen to this and go, Whoa, Gina. Sounds like your feminine energy is super blocked. And you're not wrong. What about you? When you heard that list, are you thinking maybe some of your feminine energy is blocked? After reading that, it was clear to me that I had a bit of an issue and suddenly so much made sense. I was basically out in the dating scene trying to outdick the men around me. I'd become so attached to the idea of not needing a man that I'd become in competition with them. It was especially apparent on one date that I went on, and I'll tell you all about that later, but first, let's talk about how I got here. Like many people, the first example I ever had of a woman was my mom. She was married on her 19th birthday and had two little girls by the time she was 21. The man she married, we'll call him Frank, was her dad's business partner. 
He was much older, he had a drinking problem, anger issues, and he took them out on her. I know I'm not the only one to have seen their mom go through an abusive relationship, seeing her move through the world with so much pain and confusion inside. Now, back then, there was no social media to find other people to relate to, no inspirational quotes to scroll past, no talk of mental health or friends, just a text message away. It was all about keeping it moving, cover up the pain, put one foot in front of the other, and make it through to the next day. I think about this often, that so many of us have parents with unhealed trauma, that we've been raised by broken people just trying to do their best. But anyways, eventually... My mom and Frank broke up, but after two weeks, he came crawling back and my mom gave him the chance since she wanted our family to stay together. Then one night, somebody called the house and hung up when my dad answered the phone. He flew into a fit of rage, accusing her of cheating, saying that she was trash. He started to drink and she knew that if their night continued on this path, she was going to end up getting hurt or even worse, something might happen to her girls. As his anger started to escalate, my mom held on to my sister and I and said, You can take anything, but please, just don't touch me or my girls. And this son of a bitch did exactly that. He took everything. He emptied her purse, he took her credit cards, even the candlesticks they'd received as a wedding gift. If you can believe it, he even took the change out of the jar where my mom put money that she had earned from her serving job. (laughs) Yeah. Then he took the car they had and left for the States. So when I say he left us with nothing, I mean it. My mom came downstairs and wandered through the house, opening the cupboards and the drawers and seeing all the things that he'd taken in disbelief. She was only 23 and had two little mouths to feed. I remember her sitting on the steps of our house, crying on the phone to my grandma, asking if she could help. She said, I just need milk and toilet paper. If that wasn't bad enough, over time she discovered he racked up the credit cards in her name, ruined her credit, and never once offered a penny of child support in order to help her raise us. I'd heard it come up in conversation before, and my mom said, I don't want his money. I don't want anything to do with him. I'd rather struggle without it. There's some lessons that really stick with you from when you're a kid. My mom always was nervous about us looking like we had a single mom. So she was pretty intense about us looking well put together. She would have us sleep in hair foam rollers so that we'd wake up in curls. She had our great grandma sew us matching outfits and she'd sometimes paint our nails to look like ladybugs. She taught us how to answer the phone like little secretaries. So imagine calling our house and having a seven-year-old answer the phone saying, Hello, thank you for calling. This is Jaina speaking. Yes, just one moment, please. And her biggest thing was that we have good manners. She used to keep a wooden spoon in her purse that she'd threaten us with if we forgot to say please and thank you. Now you wonder why I even use my manners when I'm talking to Siri and Alexa. (laughs) Like, hey Siri, can you pretty please play Miss Independent by Kelly Clarkson? Thank you so much. (laughs) Now, amidst all the things I learned from my mom, the thing that stood out the most to me was the mantra she repeated over and over and over again. Never Never need need a man. man. She worked multiple jobs to pay off Frank's debt, built up her credit to get herself ahead. She put herself through aesthetic school, learned how to do nails, built up a clientele, and became a trainer for OPI. Now, after all this, there was a time when my grandpa was doing really well financially, so he offered to pay for us to go to private school. We moved houses and everything so we could go there. Then, after a couple of years, my mom got a call from the school saying that our tuition 
hadn't been paid. Apparently, my grandpa had been having financial problems and never told my mom. So in order to make sure we still got the best education, my mom picked up another job delivering newspapers late at night. This woman was doing nails, working as a trainer for OPI, serving tables at a restaurant and delivering newspapers in the middle of the night. Sure, she did her best to be present for us, but she worked a lot. To me, a strong woman wasn't someone who made home-cooked meals from scratch. My archetype of a woman was someone who had to figure out how to thrive despite all the ways men had set her back, despite the pain and disappointment. She learned her lesson the hard way, and that was never going to be me. I never had visions of who I would marry or how many kids I would have. Instead, I dreamt up business plans. I thought about properties I wanted to buy, things I wanted to do to set myself up for success. If I'm being honest with myself, that's how my career ended up being my first priority. I'm sure subconsciously there's still a little girl inside of me determined to never need to ask for milk and toilet paper. I poured all my efforts into being successful. Even in high school, I started businesses. I was getting contracts from nearby hotels so that I could babysit for out-of-town families who stayed there. I cleaned houses, I did yard work, I nannied, and I started summer craft camps for kids. Then I got married, just like my mom, around the time that I was 19. My husband was in school for finance and very controlling, so he would take everything that I made and only give me 5% for my spending money. I never knew how much money we had or if we were in debt, and we flipped houses and made money in real estate, but as soon as we broke up, everything was in his name, and I was left with nothing. He told me that if I took him to court, he would make sure the legal fees were so expensive that I would end up with nothing anyways. Back then, I didn't really know that that wasn't how things went, but aside from that, I told myself, like my mom, I don't need a man. I don't need his money. I'd rather struggle Without it, I'll make more on my own. In my next relationship, my boyfriend offered to let me move in with him, and I was relieved to finally move out of the shitty basement suite I was living in. I helped him with his business. He was a photographer, and he wanted me to give up my dream of being a makeup artist so that I could be his permanent assistant and work full-time for him instead. He said, you know, it's really not sexy how obsessed you are with your career. Just come work with me. But I wasn't concerned with what he thought was sexy. I had a dream of being a makeup artist, not a photographer's assistant. So I stuck to my guns. When the relationship fell apart, I had nowhere to go. I stayed in a hotel for a few nights before a past bride of mine said I could stay with her. Congratulations, Jaina. Now you're homeless. I kept most of my belongings in the back of my car and I stayed with friends and acquaintances as I worked hard to save up for a down payment for my own place. And after a year and a half, I'd finally done it. I moved into my own condo and it was at that point I told myself I would never be in a position to end up on my ass with nothing because of a man ever again. When I met my second husband, he had a really nice townhome in downtown Vancouver. It was so much more beautiful than my condo, but I told him that if he wanted us to live together, it had to be under my roof. So he moved in with me. My success drove a wedge between he and I because my business took off at the same time that his started to fail, and eventually I was paying the bills and lending him money for gas. I didn't even mind because in this situation, now I had the upper hand. As long as I could cover everything for both of us, I knew I'd be fine if I had to be on my own. Well-meaning friends told me maybe I should make less so that he could feel better about himself. They wanted me to play small and I considered it, but decided that he could either come to terms with who I was and my success or 
level up to feel more comfortable standing beside me. But in the case of my marriage, I was always doing much better financially and his ego took a hit. This time, however, when he left, my life didn't change much at all. I was still in my home. I did it. I was taking care of myself. Without a husband being threatened by my success, I was ready to fly. My business grew like crazy and eventually I'd become the man most women were told they should marry. I bought myself Louboutins. I took myself and my friends on trips. All the things that so many women wait for men to do for them, I was doing for myself and it felt great. Great. There was one time I was one hour into a four-hour drive to Kelowna to go visit my parents when all of a sudden my car started to lose control. I pulled over to see that the tire on the back driver's side had exploded. It was such a scary situation. I called my mom crying and I asked her what to do and she asked, What are you wearing? Anything cute? I said, excuse me? She said, well, if you pop the trunk and stand there in a skirt, a man might pull over to help you. I hung up the phone, surprised that that was her advice. I popped the hood like she told me to, and I stood beside my car feeling like a complete idiot for maybe 45 seconds before deciding I could probably walk to Kelowna faster than waiting for a man to come and save me. Screw it. I opened up the back of my car and saw that there was a little spare tire, a donut meant to get you to a real tire. I jacked up the vehicle on my own, unbolted what was left of the original shredded tire, replaced it with the donut and took a selfie beside my handiwork with tears pouring down my cheeks. I felt so proud of myself. Fuck waiting for a man. Fuck standing on the side of the road waiting for someone to stop and save me. I was saving myself and it felt great. I drove all the way to Kelowna on the curb since I couldn't go anywhere near the speed limit with that little tire on. When I knocked on the door of my parents' house, my mom opened the door, surprised and excited to see me, then looked over my shoulder to see the car waiting behind me and asked, Who did you get to change your tire? I said I did it myself. She raised her eyebrows and said, Wow, I'm so proud of you, Jana Marie. Looking back, I realized I was officially in my masculine. I was changing tires, paying my own bills, building my own furniture, paying for my own trips, and proud of it. Then I entered the dating world, proud of my accomplishments as well as who I'd become. Other women would admire the life I'd made for myself and ask, how are you single? But what I'm learning is that the things I valued were not the same things that men valued. I'm not sure if you're getting what I'm saying here, but women can appreciate the masculine traits in other women, but men don't. Men want to provide for you, protect you, cherish you, adorn you in gifts and clothes, and mostly feel needed by you. Meanwhile, I'd be excited to show what I'd accomplished, what I'd earned for myself, and what I could do for the people around me, and the fact that I didn't need a man, but I was met with That's not what a man wants. For example, one time I invited a guy over to my place and he looked around and said, I like your place. It's nice. And I said, thanks. Yeah, I bought it five years ago. I was proud and confident of the condo that I could afford to own on my own. And I was pretty sure he was renting. I pointed to a set of bookshelves. I said, I actually built those myself too. Like what? what? Why was this the way I was talking to a man? What woman flexes with the size of her home or her ability to build a bookshelf? 
I mean, sure, it's something for me to be proud of, but that's not anything a man is looking for. I've never, ever, across any dating app, seen a profile where a man said, I'm looking for a woman who makes more money than me and can build her own bookshelf. Looking back now, I realize I was whipping my invisible dick out and swinging it around. If this was an imaginary pissing contest, I was determined to win. But why? Why did I feel I was in competition with a man? This guy's eyes glazed over. He wanted to know if I was loyal, reliable, nurturing, encouraging, fun in the bedroom. Could I cook? He didn't give a shit if I could build my own furniture. He wanted to be the person to do that sort of thing for me. Just a couple of days ago, I was on the treadmill in the little gym in my condo building. The music in my headphones happened to pause right as the other two guys in the room started talking about their dating lives. One of the guys mentioned that a woman he matched with on a dating app was super ambitious. And he said, man, I'm happy for you, but I don't need my woman to have three jobs. All that tells me is that in order for me to provide for you, I need to have six. All I want is someone to be loyal and there for me at the end of the day. (laughs) That's it. All that extra stuff I was valuing that made me proud and possibly impressed my friends and family wasn't impressing anyone in the dating world. So how does not being in your feminine translate on a date? (laughs) I'm almost embarrassed to say it. Well, I'm going to tell you the kind of shit that I did, okay? But I want you to think of it from the perspective of a man, from somebody who wants to take care of a woman, somebody who wants her to just be, to just accept the adoration, accept the love, okay? So here's me. First of all, I probably would ask the guy out on the date because you know, I go after what I want. Then I might even pick the concert or the tickets or the show that I want to go to because I feel like he would be really impressed that I came up with this, right? Then I get dressed up. I tell him that I'm happy to meet him there. He doesn't have to pick me up. He goes to open the door for me at some point. And I say, no, 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 it's okay. I got it. And I hold the door myself. Then we sit down to dinner perhaps. And I tell him maybe what he should order off the menu because I have a really good idea of what probably tastes best. Then when the bill comes, I say, no, 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 I got it. And I take it for myself because I think he's going to be impressed with the fact that I make enough money to pay for dinner for the both of us. Can you see where I'm going with this? It's me clinging so tightly to the control and clinging so tightly to my independence and wanting so badly to flex it, to show this person everything that I am, that I'm not like other women. I got it for myself. But that's not what a man is looking for. A man, especially one who's fully in his masculine, is going to be looking for a woman who's confident, comfortable, accepts compliments, is gracious, sits and lets things be done for her. And if you're someone like me, who's so convinced, so hell-bent on proving that I don't need a man, a man says, okay, you don't need a man. And he keeps it moving, trying to find a woman who does need him. Now, going back to our list of ways you can tell your feminine energy is blocked. Remember how it said that you're often attracting women? Well, imagine me, me in my masculine, okay, charging after my goals, being focused, providing, wanting to 
Yeah, take charge, be in control. That's all very masculine energy stuff, right? Those are the things that women are told to look for in men. So when a woman sees me with those attributes, especially a woman who's into women, in fact, even women who aren't into women have told me, for some reason, I'm strangely attracted to you. It's because I'm offering all of the things that we're typically supposed to look for in men. Can you see my dilemma? So what about this terrible date I went on that I told you about at the beginning of the episode? Well, I went on a date with a gentleman who I was really into. And so thinking that I wanted to really impress him, of course, I held the door open for myself. and I told him what show I thought we should go to. I did all the things wrong that I mentioned previously. And at the end of the date, it broke my heart when he said my need to do everything for myself would be unattractive to high value men, that sometimes I need to know when to just sit there and look pretty. (laughs) Obviously, I was offended at first when I heard him saying that. He said to stand there and wait for the door to be open for me, play the damsel in distress sometimes, let a man change a light bulb even though I can do it for myself because a man needs to be needed. Then he paused for a moment and asked, where did you learn that you can't count on a man to take care of you? Now that you've heard my story, I'm sure you can imagine, I was doing my best to hold back my laughter. I wanted to answer, how long do you have for me to explain that to you? Recently, after seeing so many posts about how women need to be in their feminine, I've become a little obsessed with learning what that looks like, and it feels so foreign to me. It's such an easy thing for a man to say he wants you to be soft, be ready to accept, play coy, don't talk too much about yourself, accept compliments graciously, set boundaries, be playful, expect a man to take care of you. But there's a very important piece missing in this conversation. If you take a woman like me, someone who's been let down her whole life by men failing to provide for her and say, hey, you're not as lovable because your survival skills have made you too masculine. First of all, that's very hurtful. And more importantly, you're not putting any responsibility on the man who's trying to court me. I can't simply turn off a lifetime of learned behavior just so that you can think I'm wifey material. I've been moving and hustling and doing everything for myself for years, so sorry not sorry, but it's going to take me more than a minute for me to change gears. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, by the way. (laughs) So maybe instead of pushing the agenda that all these women who've grown up without fathers or without a good example of what it means to have a decent man providing in her life to simply act right, we could be talking about how a man can show up be patient, create a safe space, and show her that it's a safe time to let her guard down. It feels like I've been in the ring with my dukes up since I was eight fucking years old and I can't suddenly be soft so that you can feel more like a man. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. On top of that, we've got dudes out here doing serious fuckboy shit, talking to multiple women at the same time, scared of commitment, on all kinds of dating apps saying they want a woman who's down for them, nurturing, loyal. Well, if that's the case, then come correct with the exact same energy. Because in this particular date, this guy wanted me to be completely vulnerable with him, trust him completely, but he'd also made it very clear that he wasn't interested in an actual relationship. So where in this equation was I supposed to feel safe and confident and trust that he was going to take care of me? To let myself be vulnerable and soft. I can't help but still have my guard up. It's wild to think that the part of me that I'm the most proud of, that I've built up as my survival skill is also the thing that might make me less attractive.
No, no. I don't need a man. In fact, my track record has shown that I do much better when I'm living on my own. However, if you add value to my life, if you make me giggle, if you show me that you're sincere and you take a genuine interest in who I am, then I just might want you instead of need you. And that is a real compliment. One thing I know for sure is I'm not going to play small. I have freedoms that so many other women in this world don't have. I can work. I can wear pants. I can speak my mind, cut my hair, travel, live, learn, because the truth is I'm not afraid of being alone. And I'd rather live the rest of my life with my two French bulldogs than sit back and look pretty for someone who doesn't respect that I have so much more to offer than that. I also refuse to step back from my hustle or my grind because I have goals I'm trying to achieve for myself. And so far, they have never let me down. What a woman like me needs is for a man to understand it's better if she chooses him because he adds to the quality of her life. Someone who helps her feel like it's a safe space to let her guard down. Someone who's consistent and patient with her while she learns it's okay to sit back and accept the love that's being given to her. I wish that instead of telling women to be more feminine, Instagram soundbites told men how to bring out the softer side of your warrior wife, because some of us have been fighting for so long, we just need someone to hold us, pull the gloves off our tightly clenched fists and say, relax, Relax. it's over over now. I'd be fine to stay being a tough guy because it's all I've ever known. But when I take a second to really think about what it would feel like to be safe, to be able to take my armor off, or to trust that someone was really going to take care of me, of course it would be scary at first, but also a relief. relief. What would be even better is if we all agreed that being strong is what makes us feminine. It takes a whole lot of strength to create human life. Giving birth is the epitome of femininity and it requires determination, strength, and power. And I believe what makes me feminine is that I'm able to create something beautiful with the pain that was given to me. My softness comes in finding beauty in every day despite how hard it might be. I step into my femininity every time I forgive myself and try again. I refuse to feel like less than a woman because of my strength, my will to succeed, or the level of focus that I have for my goals. You know what? Life is about growing and changing. I can't stay this way forever, so I am going to step back a little, let someone hold the door open for me, and try to be more in my feminine, because you know what? It would probably feel great. It's an interesting conversation, right? Something to take into consideration. Do you know someone else who's been experiencing the same thing as me? Or maybe it's been you. If you know somebody else who could use a little BLE in their life, could you pretty please share this show with them? I hear every time you do, a woman who's been fighting her whole life stops to take a bubble bath and smell the roses, light a candle, enjoys being in her feminine. (laughs) It's true. Thanks again for pressing play this week. Until next time, please go be your most fabulous feminine self. And don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go. Thanks so much. Goodbye.
wonder waste what you make Damn, change Cause you make me alright now Yeah, girl, I need you quickly I got a big thing Know you got that real thing To make me feel like a dream No real inventing You got it plenty You can turn a frenzy Into a homecoming queen And you know it